The Florida Panthers got three out of four points on their start to their Eastern Canadian road trip, but should it have been four? We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wednesday, November 29th edition of the Locked On Four Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Words your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at Monoman12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On HL for $20 off. Your first purchase. So the Florida Panthers get three out of four points in Eastern Canada to start their road trip. And like we spoke about on Monday's show, the Panthers are very comfortable on the road due to their experience from last year's playoff run. And it really showed throughout these first two games of this Eastern Canadian road trip. But it is a Wednesday, which means it is a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. Jacob Winans is back to discuss the 5 nothing victory over the Ottawa Senators and the 2-1 shootout loss that the Florida Panthers had last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, but first, we're going to start with the first game of this uh, three-game Eastern Canadian road trip with the 5-0 victory and welcoming back Jacob Winans. Jacob, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me. Um, honestly, the start to the trip, its uh, it's been a really weird couple of games, but getting three out of four points is something you can't really complain about. Uh, big picture, so I'm I'm happy with that. Uh, the Ottawa game, I, I think we've seen two games now in a row where where we've seen something that we probably haven't really seen before. Uh, the Ottawa game was definitely an interesting one. Uh, I've never heard an official make a call uh, giving every player on the ice a misconduct and injecting them. Uh, I thought Anthony Stolarz on the bench with a, a regular stick was probably my favorite shot of the season. Uh, I would have Given the blowout, I would have killed to see him go out and take a shift as a forward. That would have been hilarious. Um, but uh, I, I think I think the Ottawa game was pretty much perfect Panthers hockey. That's exactly how they want to play. Um, and and aside from all the rough stuff and the penalties and and uh, the extracurriculars in that one, I think the Panthers really kept their composure and and. That's exactly how how they looked in the playoffs, and I think that's a recipe for winning long term. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what that's the great thing about that, and Anthony Stolarz being in the middle of the bench and hoping to get him in at forward. It's not like a same situation in baseball where you're having a position player come in to pitch during a a, a ten nothing blowout. Not quite that same situation for uh, in in this sport as as well, but. Even Nico Mikola was giving Paul Maurice a look. Is like, hey, can I get uh, this power play opportunity towards the end of the game, giving him some power play uh, chances and all. So that was a little bit of a, look, of a look on the bench. And then the Senators feed, zooming in the camera on Bra- uh, on the Kachuk grandmother as well. And even PTI, pardon the interruption, on ESPN, two hours before the Leafs game, they covered that uh, part as far as that. So 
looks like that the sport of hockey is definitely growing uh, as far as not only in South Florida, but nationwide as well. But it's it's funny because when you think about the, the game is itself, Panthers dominated this one. The Senators look lifeless uh, as well in this one. We spoke about how they say that they're playing for DJ Smith, but man, the way the Senators were standing still, not 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 extending their reaches for 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 pucks as well. The Panthers had their way as far as moving the puck into the offensive zone, and even and even with their power plays, their first three power play um, plays that they got, they scored two of them by Sam Reinhart, two of them by Sam Bennett, one of them. And this is the encouraging thing about the Florida Panthers: now that they're healthy. They're back in their natural positions at, on the power play. Kachuk is down low to get a quick feed to Sam Reinhart in the bumper, which is what we like to see, what we what the power play is supposed to look like. And thankfully, a mishandling of the puck by Corpusalo, even though Corpusalo had a great game. I, five goals is not does not tell the story about how Corpusalo uh, played. But mishandled, uh, Sam Reinhart uh, scores on the wraparound. Also, they score on after uh, from Sam Bennett backhand after a review from DJ Smith, and 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 they scored to make it three nothing. But six for six on the PK, lots of penalty minutes. Eighty three for the Panthers. They had seventy eight in their April sixth matchup against the Ottawa Senators. So this is no, this isn't this isn't new when it comes to the Florida Panthers and the Ottawa Senators. The Kachuk brothers do have a factor in it as far as two guys related. They're barking with each other uh, across the bench. They have the no, that rule of no fighting. But right when the the guys were going into the locker room, going into the second period, they they were barking at each other. But still, that rule of no fighting—that's a mother's rule uh, by them. But and then the, the the can of worms started to open as far as that Hamnick goes after Matthew Kachuk. Then on a breakaway from Timmy Stusla after coming out of the box, gives an extra whack to Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov doesn't like it. Everybody on the ice uh, is assessed a 10-minute misconduct. And that was a combination of the fourth line, Dmitry Kulikov, and Oliver Ekman-Larsen. And then even the broadcast said, OEL didn't even do anything as well there. So it's just so funny how uh, all that transpired. But credit to the referees. They they cooled the game down to, to a level and prevented it from getting worse. Because 7-2, to let's, let's flash back to April 6th of last year. The Ottawa Senators had 56 shot sh- shots on goal on Alex Lyon, and they still only scored two, while the Panthers scored seven back in April. And we all know what happened uh, there. Uh, Brady Kachuk uh, gets a misconduct, ends up in the press box with his dad as well. And then this was a big, big carryover and, and, and all. And lots of milestones on the night, too. Barkoff with his 400-6 assist, 650th point, 192 power point points. Sergey Bobrovsky, 40th shutout and 370th win, the fastest goalie ever to do it. In this age of the NHL, you're not starting as much as you you did back in the day. So to get to Brodeur's record, it's not gonna, it's likely not gonna happen for him at 35 years old. But still, the fastest as far as games just goes to show Sergey Bobrovsky's resume as a goaltender throughout his career. So just incredible game from the Panthers. In, uh, full 60 minute effort and the most important thing is when they went on the pk six for six you, that's an encouraging sign for this team yeah my biggest takeaway from the ottawa game was definitely special teams uh the the three for three start on the power play is huge you'd like to see them capitalize on the five minute uh we're now over two on the season on five minute major uh power plays but um that's kind of a minor point at that point in the game it's not like you're really pressing for a goal um, I, I think I think they 
handled themselves well in the face of some of the the dirty stuff, the cheap stuff after whistles. Uh, you didn't see the Panthers taking a lot of the extra penalties. You saw them take uh, penalties where they were going with someone from Ottawa. Uh, it, it was a lot of it was a lot of coinciding calls. Um, I think Kachuk handled himself well after getting attacked by McEwen, uh, kept his composure there, and then and really making them pay on the on the power play when Ottawa would wind up in the box. And this is a team that gets that goes to the box for a lot of stupid stuff. Um, the the Panthers really made them pay with with goals, starting three for three on the power play, and then the penalty kill was fantastic as well. And they have been for a while now. Um, they're they're uh, they, they've really kind of found. Uh, groupings and pairs that that work on the penalty kill and then having a healthy defense again is a big part of that so I think uh, with with special teams coming alive I I think they're in a really good spot because we already know how they play at five on five and they've kind of been really consistent at even strength so getting that that special teams production now on both sides is is really going to push them over the top so I, I was I was definitely encouraged with special teams against Ottawa for sure. And they went and before that three for three start on Monday, they were one for seventeen on their on their past seventeen power plays there. So definitely a great start for for the Panthers. And also one thing for the Panthers is who who were in the faces of the Senators even before all the ten minutes ten minute misconducts. It was the fourth line getting in their heads as well. So it was it was the it was the we're gonna frustrate you type of line. We talked about Yona Gajovic. going for fighting uh and bringing that toughness ryan lomberg in in between whistles as well so that that was a that was a game where it was escalated because of the fourth line and doing their job of getting into their heads as well so i want to big give a big shout out to the fourth line as well for the florida panthers as well for for uh for frustrating the opposition and all and all but we're going to transition over to segment number two we're going to discuss more of the game between the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, from Scotiabank Arena, where the Florida Panthers did lose 2-1, to one, but got a point in the game. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep a ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Locked On has, uh, has launched the first ever national sports streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here to, for you co- 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts on Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscri- subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment number two here on this Wednesday, November 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, where the Florida Panthers have started great on this 
three uh, on this three game road trip in Eastern Canada so far, getting three out of the four points on the road trip. And man, what an incredible start for the Florida Panthers going on the second end of a back to back surprised that they went with the goalie rotation that they did, but got, got to give a lot of credit to the Florida Panthers. They dominated really possession from the start. It was, it was for the, for the Panthers. They were keeping the top guys at bay really for, for this one. I mean, we spoke about the playoff series where you, where you don't allow a goal by Austin Matthews and John Tavares. But then even in this one, William Nylander starts the first 17 games with a point, And now he's currently on a three game point um, pointless streak where the Leafs are one, one and one in that stretch. But they also eliminated the Austin Matthews uh, as far as giving them the time and space. The top line was dominant. Once again, the fourth line was uh, great as well. Just uh, four, 44 minutes and 56 seconds were spent at five on five where the where the Panthers had the majority of the shot attempts, 64 to 36. Uh, and Stolarz stood strong, man. Uh, close calls with William Nylander hitting the post twice in a, in a, in a sequence, but still you count your lucky uh, stars there. And, and then it was the, the bottom guys for both teams uh, scoring. Uh, Kevin Sendling uh, gets a feed from Ryan Lauberg and then he scores on Joseph wall. And then just, one itty bitty mistake at the blue line. Dmitry Kulikov mishandles the puck, and then Noah Gregor goes for uh, goes for a breakaway, and then beats Anthony Stolar's uh, blocker side. But then, even after that first goal by the Panthers, they got the last nine shots on goal of the period on the first. So, just a very comfortable situation that the Panthers find themselves in. It just goes to show. I know we're repeating a say. I'm repeating a same point, Jacob, but it goes back to what their playoff run was and being comfortable in the uncomfortable when going into a place like Scotiabank arena. And I know it's, it's a big game. It's a place where, where you eliminated the Toronto Maple Leafs in five games last season, but just the comfort level of the Panthers and, and all, and also the extracurricular stuff as well with Max Domi getting a double minor and then teasing Sam Ben about that whole having hair as well. I know the fight was later in the, in the game as well, but once again, consistently getting into the heads of the opposition. And this time it was Max Domi for the Toronto Maple Leafs on this one. And it was the second line that was creating uh, that frustration for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, what'd you think about this, uh, th this one, as far as prior to the shootout, we'll discuss the shootout in segment number three. Yeah, I think it was kind of a perfect road playoff game. Uh, anytime you play the Maple Leafs and if their only goal is coming from Noah Gregor on the fourth line, uh, and then even in the shootout, the only goal comes uh, the the well the second goal, the game winning goal comes from Noah Gregor from the fourth line as well. Um, anytime you can hold Toronto's elite forward group to to no goals and then no points outside of a fluky missed bounce at the blue line that Noah Gregor scores, I think you're doing pretty okay defensively. And I think goaltending is in a good spot. Um, the Panthers play the Maple Leafs on the second night of a back to back with a backup goalie and hold them to one goal through regulation and overtime. Uh, in the playoffs, there, is, there are no shootouts. Uh, so this that's exactly how you'd like the Panthers to play uh, when the games are more important in the postseason. That's exactly how they played uh, the, the Leafs in last year's uh, postseason. So I think it was a perfect road playoff-style playoff game that the Panthers played. I think uh, maybe a little bit better finishing luck. Uh, maybe uh, our, our big guns could could – 
finish a little better, uh, score on the power play on some of those opportunities. It, it, it's uh, something that they're they're going to have to address um, in, in big games against teams that are above 500. They haven't really performed that well against teams that are in playoff positions right now, but mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's Fair not right. for, it's not for lack of effort and it's not for a, uh, for a uh, lack of having the right system for winning those games. Uh, th- this game, uh, it, it, it could have gone either way, but I think the Panthers really dealt with a lot of adversity again, kept their composure, uh, didn't take a lot of the stupid penalties and, and like you said, got in the heads of some of the opponents and, and baited them into taking some of the dumb ones. Uh, we've seen Max Delmi be a complete idiot against the Panthers before. Uh, If you've been watching long enough, you remember his ridiculous attack on Aaron Ekblad in the preseason a few years back. And then later in that season, just completely went unhinged and attacked Evgeny Evgeny Dodonov, thinking he did something dirty that season, which I wish Evgeny Dodonov had been a a dirty player because he (laughs) wasn't exactly the most physical guy. But um, we've we've seen it before from Max Domi, and he did it again. Uh, Sam Bennett rightfully... uh, took that fight later in the game uh kind of annihilated him in that one and then i don't really understand the the max domi uh chirp about having hair i mean <laughs> you just got you just got abused in front of the, your home crowd and then you get up talking about how sam bennett is bald i i don't know that was weird uh and also his dad isn't exactly great in the hair department so that's coming for him too um <laughs> that aside i think uh i think sam bennett uh played a great game. I think he looked really good like he did in the playoffs this past season. I think the physicality was there, just a little bit better finishing luck. And and again, playoffs, there are no shootouts. So I'm comfortable with how the Panthers played that game. Uh, and and I think a lot of the calls they dealt with uh, were similar to what they, they dealt with last year in the regular season against Toronto. Uh, it's no secret officiating is different in regular season uh, than it is in the playoffs. And Toronto kind of uh, they get a lot of opportunities on the power play during the regular season that they won't necessarily get in the playoffs when the calls get a little bit tighter. So I think the Panthers are doing just fine. Uh, Toronto's still not a team that really scares me. Uh, the games are going to be close. They're going to be intense. Uh, they're going to be physical, but I, that's not a team that, that really, uh, I, I feel like beats us over the top too much uh, when it, when it comes to a playoff style game, I'm, I'm comfortable with how they played, especially on the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, and especially because uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, one thing that they struggled with in this one was breaking out of their zone. Man, the Panthers had much of their way when it when it came to when it came to the neutral zone and and also generating speed as well. When the when the Toronto Maple Leafs had like an errant pass on on a breakout as well, then that's what re- what really kept the Panthers uh, from even even going down in this game to begin with, even before they, they eventually lost this one as well. Anton Lindell played well as well, driving play, creating six shots on goal on, on the night as well. And the top line really keeping the, the, the superstars of the Toronto Maple Leafs at bay, Bar- the bark off Evan Rodriguez re- reuniting Evan Rodriguez uh, there with the top line recently for, for the Panthers and Sam Reinhardt uh, there. Anthony Stolar stops all seven power play shots that he faced uh, as well. He's three one and one with a one point nine nine GAA and nine twenty nine. Yeah, I know it's a small sample size, but really got to be encouraged with the with the goalie department for the Florida Panthers, especially now that Sam, um, not Sam, uh, Spencer Knight is back after his injury with the Charlotte Checkers. That's also a little bit of a checkers update as well. Spencer Knight is uh, playing again, so the shape of the department is 
Gotta love it. And even with the situation where Noah Gregor, uh, man, he was everywhere in this game, even on that double minor by Gadjovic, where he fell into his stick. Yeah, I know, I know you have to be in control of your stick, but what do you do when someone is falling into the stick like that as well? And and, and all. And thankfully, the Panthers did benefit from too many, uh, too many. I believe it was a too many men uh, yep, call on on the on the Leafs, mm-hmm. and and having that and three on three. That that three on three from last night is what three on three should always look like. You didn't really have a resetting, uh, resetting back into into the neutral zone as well. Panthers got four shots on goal, but what happened in that shootout, as far as continuously on the attack, that's what three on three hockey should be and should have been uh, when when first uh, put in uh, in theory. Yeah, and I'd like to see more games decided by it. Uh, I, I I think when you have the three on three overtime and there's the constant resets and just holding on to possession and looking for uh, a, a, almost like a three man weave type of play. Uh, it really eats up the clock and then you end up in shootouts that no one really enjoys. Um, so I, I think I, I like the way it was played. I think that's how it was intended to be played. And I'd like to see more games decided that way. Um, but again, even in, even in the three on three and even the the brief four on four and overtime before, uh, when guys were out of the box before we got a whistle, I think I don't think either team really played passive. I think everyone it was kind of full attack, and we'll see who wins this. Uh, almost reminded me of like a uh, an MMA fight when there's two competitors in the cage and they're just throwing bombs at each other and see who's left standing. I think I think the Panthers and and Leafs really uh, took it to each other in that overtime. The goalies stood strong, the defense stood strong, but uh, that's that's the way the overtime is supposed to look. I thought it was exciting uh, and. It's a shame that it didn't. It wasn't decided in overtime. I, I think uh, that game would have benefited from an overtime finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then going into the shootout, I was thinking even before anything happened, I was thinking, okay, shootout is luck a lot of the time, and whoever got that extra point can't be too angry about it, right? Well, there was a little bit of controversy uh, at the end of that one where where the Panthers thought they won. But ended up, they ended up not getting that extra point, not getting four out of four. And we are going to discuss that and more next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets on all sports, music, comedy, theater, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices to show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets with two seconds and two taps. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's a place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, hockey, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. 
Segment number three here on this Wednesday, November 29th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Winans Wednesday edition of the show. So, three out of four points. You're happy a lot of the time if you are a Florida Panthers fan. And honestly, if we're looking at the macro for the Panthers and thinking about where the Panthers as far as trends wise in one area we don't jacob as far as shootouts i never write in my notes ever about shootout results who does what moves i know i know in nhl circles it's a big conversation about of getting kuznetsov and his slow very very slow shootout move and all but it's i don't care for it that's the thing i don't i, I really don't care for the shootout so if because of luck there's a goalie could play a great game and then come out short in a shootout. That does not say what, what happens in the first 65 minutes of the game. But there was a little bit of controversy for, for the Panthers. They thought they won. And when Evan Rodriguez goes to the left pad of Joseph Wall, hits the pad, back to Evan Rodriguez's stick in one motion, mind you, and then goes into the net. Here's the thing. When you are watching a regular game of hockey and you see a breakaway is that a goal in 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 actual hockey yes but in a shootout it's not you have to have one consecutive motion however if you change the rule where where you allow a rebound opportunity and then they score you're kind of opening up a can of worms as far as the possibilities of what could happen after so i get the nature of the rule but why is it that something that is not that is not ruled that is rule a rule that can allow in sixty the sixty five plus excuse me the sixty five minutes of the game why you you wonder why that's not a thing and also it should be an exception if Erod is not doing it in two motions it, it, his momentum is going forward he's not taking an extra whack at wall and. How about Wall's rebound control? Can we make an exception for for that? And I'm not ex- I'm not arguing the fact that it touched his stick twice. It did, it it did. If you see the replay, you can't argue that. But I'm um, and by rule, that is a double ta- that is a double tap. But we don't have to like the rule. We don't have to. But again, it can open a can of worms if you decide to change the rule just for this. And Paul Murray speaking to the media, <laughs> he was trying so hard. Not to not to uh, call out the officials saying it was a great game, loved the penalty kill and all, and really tried hard not to say anything, and even had a uh, soft f bomb too in his media availability. So, your thoughts, sir, on the on the on the four points that wasn't for the Panthers? To be completely honest with you, after uh, Evan Rodriguez scored, I I turned it off, um, and then I oh. checked my phone. And uh, I see, I see uh, a message in our in our uh, group chat from uh, Joey Gonzi from the Hockey Writers, and he's uh, he says I'm speechless, and I'm like, oh boy, I don't know what's happening. But I turned it back on and just in time to see Noah Gregor score, uh, which that yeah, I I, I assumed everyone was already uh, leaving the building, so it was uh, half the team was in the locker room. Seen- <laughs> yeah, definitely haven't seen that one before, but it's frustrating that the rule 
by rule, yep, it's it's not a goal by rule. Um, it's just the rule makes no sense to me because the it's supposed to be a simulated breakaway, uh, mm-hmm. and and in on a breakaway, if you shoot the puck and it bounces back straight onto your stick, and without shooting it again, it just bounces off your stick and goes in. That there's no there's no way in in real hockey that that's not a goal, um, and we could there's there's issues with this because we can we can discuss like you said rebound control if a puck launches off joseph wall's pads and bounces off his knee and goes in or it, it takes a, a funny hop off of any part of the player's body after he shoots uh that's not that's not a, a shooting motion that's not i mean where do we draw the line here and and i don't understand uh i don't understand why there's not an exception i know it's a rare play it doesn't happen often uh usually it's it the fact that it, it happened last night and it's getting all this this attention is because it's it's very uncommon. It's not like it's not like in soccer where uh, on a on a penalty shot in in a game uh, you're allowed to to charge after the rebound right after you shoot it. Um, and, and it's 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 a weird it's kind of a weird set of rules when it comes to the shootout. And I think that's why I don't really think it has a place in the game. I, I don't I don't think there should be ties. I, I I am strongly against having ties. I think having a tie, uh, when you go to a game, you, you, you go to the game to see someone win the game, uh, whether that's your team or not. I don't think there should be ties, but I think uh, continuous overtime or even even if you have to, um, there, there are some, some funky rules in, in certain minor leagues and junior leagues where if, if three-on-three doesn't settle, you drop to two-on-two. I'd even be okay with that instead of having ties or, or a shootout, but... Um, I just think it's a terrible way to decide games, especially a game like that, where it's, it's, it's tight checking. It's a playoff style game. Uh, and you take a, a, a win from a team off of really a technicality that has nothing to do with hockey. Um, I think it's a frustrating way for that to end. Um, and, and I think personally, I think if that call's made right away, I think the Panthers probably still win that because Anthony Stolarz is in a groove. He, he wasn't really getting beaten by anything in that shootout, but, when he thinks it's over and he leaves the ice and then has to come back on and make a save. Uh, that's, that's a lot to ask. So I think um, really unfortunate way for it to end. I, I think uh, Evan Rodriguez, I loved his move. The, the edge work was pretty crazy on that. Um, and, and it's a tough break, but yeah, when it comes to the shootout, we've seen goals disallowed for the slightest uh, like losing the puck or the puck goes slightly sideways instead of continuing forward. Um, things that, that in real hockey, it's, it's non-factors. Uh, and this is after we've seen things like the spinorama get removed. And, uh, and, and there's just too many, there's too many things with the shootout that you're, you're taking away the ability to, to play real hockey with it. Uh, and, and it becomes a luck competition. And I don't think that's a good way to end games, especially a game like we saw last night. And even Paul Murray said that he's, he doesn't put too much stock in a shootout when it comes to evaluating a team, because there's a, it doesn't, it doesn't happen often. I mean, the Panthers only have two OTLs on, on, on the season as well. So not, not much to put stock in, into it, but thankfully there, there are discussing changes to three on three over overtime, maybe a shot clock, maybe uh, not, not a rule that prevents guys from resetting in the neutral zone. And I've been wanting this point system um, for a, a while. And I hope, and I think a lot of fans are hoping for three, three points in regulation, two for an overtime win, one for an overtime loss, 
and, and zero for a regulation loss. That would make late games in in the last ten games of the season more of an emphasis to to try to win it in regulation because you'll need the three points, no more, no less. So it's not teams playing for the tie or teams being conservative towards the end. If you need maybe like two points and you need just an overtime win, or if you need just one, you're possessing the puck and keeping it behind your net because it's game 82 and that's all, all you need. But in the yeah, first, and, you, and, and I, I, I want to say, I love that idea. Cause can you imagine lateness like late season, uh, a team needs three points. They could be, it could be a tie game. And you've got you could be a tie game late in the season, but you need three points, so you're pulling the goalie in a tie game. Um, I think that would be there'd be a lot of eyes on that. That'd be really oh, really interesting. That'd be cool to watch. So I, I it's it almost uh, reminds me of of like uh, in in soccer when you have an aggregate score or something like that, and you had, regardless of of you may have you you may have a tie game, but you need one goal to advance. Something like that. I think that could set up some really really interesting scenarios late season where it could be a tie game or, or something like that. And you're, you're still having to pull a goalie press for offense because you need those points. I, I, I really love that idea. And make make game 82, just like the NFL, all division games too. So, yep. so that would, that'll be a cool, that would be a cool factor in game 82 and maybe stagger the start times too. Uh, just like major league baseball has adjusted to it. Now game 162 in baseball, all of them are three o'clock starts. Uh, I know it conflicts with football, um, for for uh, for for the first weekend of October, but yeah, give me give me a, a a new point system and frozen frenzy for game eighty two, and I think that's that's hockey yes. heaven right there. <laughs> I would love love more yes more bo- John Butchercross and uh, Kevin Weeks on my feed, please. As far as game eighty two, so some ideas to set that I hope the commissioner's office is looking at when hopefully they uh, come across this podcast and they'll hear are awesome ideas as far as that. But Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this Winans Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast where the Florida Panthers get three out of four points with still an opportunity to get to get five out of six as they visit Montreal on Thursday night. Tell everybody where they could follow you online. Yep, you can follow me on X at Jacob Winans 8. Uh, we'll definitely be there uh as we watch the the Panthers and the Canadians and some old friends uh, with the Canadians, some former Panthers on that team. So that should be a good one. Awesome. My friend, thank you so much. And I will see you next week to preview the Panthers versus the Dallas stars, a nationally televised game, by the way. So I will see you uh, next Wednesday as we preview that, my friend. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the locked on Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans, and you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.